You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Steve McCoy from 360 Church in Sarasota, Florida. We hope this message inspires you to press beyond ordinary. Hey, so I want to celebrate a few things. You know, one of the reasons, there are many reasons we gather as a church. We gather to hear the preaching of the Word of God. We gather to do what we've just done, to worship together. We at times gather to uh, pray together, to come together, have community. We come to see each other, to encourage one another, but we do spur one another on. According to the book of Hebrews, this is why we come together. So I wanted to spur you on with a few things. First of all, in our student ministry this past week, We had someone in high school give their heart to Christ, their life to Christ. So we celebrate that. In our uh, church, we have three circles. We're in the big circle. We also have mid-sized circles, which are groups, home groups. We have a small circle, one-to-one disciple making at a very intentional level. I would, from time to time, like to highlight one of our groups. This uh, this is uh, Candace Burke's group. It's a. Uh, it's, I just keep hearing amazing things about the group. They're actually celebrating her birthday this week, which is today, by the way, just to let you know. And uh, I've just heard so many great things about the group. I keep trying to get in, but they won't let me in. It's kind of weird, but uh, I have four. uh, I keep thinking I'm going to, you know, we've got so many people that are in discipleship. I want to hold on to them because we got so many, but I'm like, the more I share, the more keep coming our way. On the right, Dean Burnside and Darren Briggs on the left, who was just playing guitar. They have just finished their journey in one of our disciple-making tools called Exchange. I've got, I've got three more for you. Uh, the next one uh, is on the right, Diana Chaffair. On the left, Yanira Castro have just finished their journey. Way to go. Uh, and here's a, someone special to my own heart. On the left, Dave Yan. I just finished discipling him, and he's starting the journey uh, with our good friend Kent. Good to see both of you sitting in the same sex section there. Uh, and uh, also back, uh, Diane's uh, husband, uh, Dan Chaffair, and sitting right next to him this morning in church and sitting there as a disciple uh, next to him. Uh, we're so happy for um, David uh, Valiquet. And so, man, way to go, you guys. We're so thankful. Way to go. So proud of all of you. If you have any questions about moving into any of those relational circles, man, we're happy to answer your questions. You just go over to uh, uh, to uh, uh, Info Central and ask, hey, how do I get in the group? What's a group? So you're not signing up. You're not committing. What is it about small circle, discipleship, any of that? Just ask questions. We'd be glad to, to answer those questions. Well, we do continue our conversation. It's been a very relevant and important conversation about how then should we live. The reason that we're having this conversation is that the first coming of Jesus obviously is already behind us. Coming into that intersection in history, there were many, many, many prophecies that were foretold about the details of the first coming of Christ. All of those details, it's one of the not only verifications of the Bible, but it is one of the miraculous sides of the Bible that that Jesus' first coming was fulfilled in every iota, every inch, every cross of the T and dot of the I was fulfilled about the predictions or the prophecies of Jesus' coming. The odds of those coming true 
were very, very rare. The odds were very rare that all of those things could be predicted hundreds of years before, and yet they, they all came true. There are more prophecies and predictions about the second coming of Jesus. In fact, if you were just to go through the, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and just read the red letters, just the words of Jesus, looking through those lenses, you most likely would be surprised at how many times Jesus refers to his second coming. In that light, knowing that we are not 90% sure, we're not 99% sure, we are 100% sure that Christ is on his way back, that Christ is going to return. There's not a shadow of a doubt in any believer's mind, or at least there shouldn't be a shadow of a doubt in our minds that he's coming back then. How should we live based on that coming back? In fact, Jesus just didn't tell us about some of the facts and predictions and prophecies about his second coming. But many, if not most, if not all, I have to check it out. But the majority of the reason that he brought it up was how then should we live? It wasn't just like, hey, let me tell you some cool facts about what's going to happen in the future. But he always tied it in to how we should be living in the meantime when he comes back. Today is a word of encouragement, but encouragement in a way that is kind of a nudging uh, word of advice, encouragement. We are going to be in the book of 2 Peter chapter 3. If that doesn't, if you're new to the Bible, that doesn't mean anything to you, that's okay. The, the Bible verses are going to be up on the screen. And so, uh, but we're going to be there in 2 Peter chapter 3. Uh, in the meantime, let, before we get there, I'm going to frame our conversation uh, coming from a book called Hebrews in chapter 3 and verse 12. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 12. This is the encouragement that we are told to give in the space of time as we wait for Christ. The writer of Hebrews, we don't know who it is. There is some speculation as to who it is. But the writer of Hebrews says it th this way. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Now keep in mind, if I might pause, that the writer is writing to followers of Christ, writing to Christians, and he's saying to them, don't leave the trail. Don't walk away from God. Don't let your believing heart turn into an unbelieving heart, and don't turn away from the living God. He continues, verse 13, but encourage one another daily. This is why we're one of the reasons we're here today, because I promise you, you're not going to get encouragement from outside the family of God to keep walking with God. You know, the media is not social media is not. You're not going to get, hey, keep walking with God. It's going to come from within the family of God. That's why we need each other. We're like coals and the embers in a fire. You take one out, it gets gross coal. When we come together, we keep each other glowing and keep each other passionate and encourage one another daily as long as it is called today. As long as we're on this side of the second coming of Christ, we are to encourage one another so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Verse 14, we have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end and have the same confidence, passion, romance, energy, commitment, 
all of those things as we did in the past. I don't know about you, but man, when I came to Christ, I was red hot. I mean, I was like, man, I am going to take the world on fire for Jesus. And over time, that passion, if you don't fight for it, can be rounded on the edges. It can be softened. It can be dimmed. It can be weakened. And the encouragement today is don't leave the trail. You have been put on a path. You chose the path to follow Christ. And while it is still today, don't lose sight that there is, the time is short and don't lose that passion. Don't lose that energy. Don't lose that full throttleness. And over time, as believers, it can happen, right? And we, we can, you know, sung Amazing Grace a jillion times, and we kind of forget how amazing the grace is, right? We've sung about, you know, how the greatness of God this morning. And over time, okay, we've sung that before. And, and the encouragement is don't lose that edge, how great God is, how the grace is still amazing, and the compassion that Christ has for all of us. So today, I'm going to, I think sometimes it's good to have a visual, something that helps us kind of absorb, relate, remember. And so I was just thinking as I read this passage, when we begin in Second Peter chapter 3, and even what we've just read, that there is this sense of being on this path. It's almost like we're, we're in a, we're in a, and this path is not easy, by the way. I have some friends in Nevada I was talking to this week, 130 degrees. 130 degrees. I'm convinced that people shouldn't live in those kind of places. I mean, something's wrong with that, right? 130 degrees. And I want you to imagine that you have decided to go on a 20-mile hike. It's going to be over, let's say, three days. You're going you're gonna to hike, you know, a certain six, seven miles a day. And you're going to do it there. You're going to do it in Nevada. It's going to be about 130 degrees, and you know it. I'm going to propose to you that there would be three things that you need to take. Now, you may look at me like, Steve, you don't look much like a camper, and you'd be right. Uh, I have camped in Starbucks. Uh, I've camped in uh, Hampton Inn. Uh, I've camped a lot of places. Actually, believe it or not, when I grew up, I was a Boy Scout, and, uh, and we hiked in the Appalachian Mountains once a month. Every month we hiked. So I do know a little bit about hiking. There are three things that are super important. You're going to need something to, to keep the good things in, to protect the good things, the important things, the valuable things. You're going to need something to keep the bad things out. And you're going to need something that helps you know where you're going. And that's just basic, right? I know you need food and water, but you're going to need to keep the bad things out of the food and water. And you need to protect the food and water and everything. So you need something to keep the good things in, protect the valuable things, something to keep the bad things out, and something to keep you, to, to keep you on, on the path. Here we go. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 1. Dear friends, I, I love that, by the way. This is the same guy that was pretty raw when he was walking with Jesus. Many years ago, see what God can do. Dear friends, he says, this is now my second letter to you. I have written both of these letters as reminders to stimulate you. Don't forget. Don't let, don't let yourself get soft. I love that. I, this is a reminder to you to not to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. I want you to pack in your backpack, I want you to recall, don't lose, I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets. That was their scripture. 
The New Testament was still being written as he's writing this letter. He's referring to the word of God. I want you to pack to recall. Don't forget the words of God spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior. And watch this through your apostles. There's two things in here that are valuable. The word of God and your apostles. The people who came before you. So when you go on a hiking trip, I brought in, you might say, hey, who'd you borrow this from? This is actually mine. Because I'm the pioneering type, if you haven't noticed. And so this is a legit, you know, hiking pack. So when you put it on, this is where you're going to keep the valuable things. This is where you're going to keep a change of clothing, your food, your water, insecticide, a Mountain Dew, uh, whatever, you know, whatever you're going to put in there, right? This is, and you might notice a couple of things about this pack. First of all, this bad boy, it buckles right here. And it's got this lower one that I used to, could buckle, so I tie it now. <laughs> Let's just go with that. All right, we're going to go with that. I used to be a little thinner when back in the hiking days, you know what I'm saying? It's adjustable, but I can't figure it out. It's too complex for me. <laughs> this pack is so valuable that it is locked into my body, right? I'm not dragging it with a rope 10 feet back that it might fall off and I didn't know it. It's packed to my body. See, what Peter's saying is don't lose the precious things. What are those precious things? Well, he names them. The first thing is the word of God, the word of God. Here's what's happening in my own personal life. Let me share. Every week I'm studying to come and preach, right? But not so long ago, I was reminded by another preacher, don't substitute Pastor Steve, your study to be able to preach for the personal time that you need to hear from God. For those of you that are leaders that are studying for your group or studying for a Bible study, etc., that's fine. That's all well and good. But each of us needs to take that time where I'm saying, God, I'm going to count that as precious and I'm going to allow you to speak into my life. So what's happening in my own personal life is that I have begun to saturate my life more with the word of God. What do I mean by that? That means I'm using the word of God wherever I go. Just yesterday in the car, my wife got in the car. And she goes, oh, you're listening to the Bible on your audio because my phone now connects to the, you know, the system. And I'm playing the word of God as I'm driving. I'm playing the word of God when I'm in the gym. I'm playing the word of God. I'm doing a one year Bible study again or Bible reading again. In other words, you may be thinking that like, man, when I look at the Bible, it's so daunting. And I'm in the book of Leviticus or Ezekiel, man, it seems so daunting. And I don't know. Hey, we will teach you easy ways to jump in the Bible. You don't have to be a Bible study. You just need to be fed by the word of God. What is it that you need to keep inside? Have you ever noticed? Let me just ask you a, a, a simple question. When do you pack your pack backpack? Before you leave. Before you leave. Thank you. I know you were thinking, uh, let's see, uh, X times two times. No, it's, it's pretty simple. You pack it before. Now, I pack mine somewhere between 47 and 48 minutes before I leave, somewhere in there. 
my wife packs 47 to 48 days before we leave. You know what I'm saying? But there is an advantage, you know, just as a sidebar, there's sometimes I'll go, you know, I could be in the middle of some other country. I'm like, hey, do you have a hacksaw? As a matter of fact, I did pack one. I mean, I think she's packed everything in the house. It's a great advantage to me. I've said it before. Let me say it again. In the moment of crisis and as this culture becomes more electric, if you haven't packed before the trip, good luck. You got to pack. You can't be in 130 degree weather and think, dang it, should have brought my canteen. Ah, man, I should have had bug spray. Too late. When we reach moments of crisis, like David said, the question would be, have we hidden the word of God in our heart? Again, great to study. I hope you do study. But I'm just saying a saturation of the word, a drinking of the word. And I will say to you on a personal level, not from pastor to flock here, but from one believer to another believer in the last weeks, as I've just begun to hear the word of God and, and put it in and put it in and put it in. I feel more confident in my faith on an everyday basis on the trail and my steadfastness is more unshakable. The word of God is supernatural. It's supernatural. We're not just reading a bunch of stories here. It is supernatural. We're told in Romans chapter 15, these words in Romans 15, verse four, for everything that was written in the past, the word of God was written to teach us so that through two things, endurance and the encouragement of scriptures, we might have hope. Listen, I'm going to say something that means something to everybody in this room and sit, everyone sitting at home and everyone sitting at home. It's getting pretty nutty out there. I mean, we've gotten so smart. We're stupid with some things. Have you noticed? I mean, it's getting really, 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 really crazy. And there's more cactus, cacti, uh, you know, popping up all over the place, right? We, listen, will lose our way if we have not kept the good things in. I have hidden your heart, your word in my heart. Here's a, here's a, so what are the valuable things that we're going to keep tight? You have to keep the word of God tight. Listen, I know in, in this size of room that some of you may be saying to yourself right now, I can't remember the last time I picked up the Bible. I get that. I understand that. It's a, you know, life comes in, you get busy, you don't know where to start reading. I, I, I get all that. But I am, I am urging you as a fellow hiker, if you're a Christ follower, I'm urging you, find a way. Find a way. Start simple. Start simple. And honestly, go to Info Central. We'll, we'll, we'll tell you. Here's some ways. We have a mobile app, for heaven's sake. It's called Small Circle, and, in the, and part of that mobile app is here's 30 different ways you can approach the Bible. Some of them simple, some of them heavier. Uh, it's, we, we're here to equip you. Here's the second thing that I think keeps that we keep close. And, man, it's so important. And, and if we lose this, listen, if you lose your backpack, you're done. You really are. You got in 130 degree weather, you've lost your water, your food, your clothing, all, all that stuff. You're done. You're, you're not going to last very long. When Peter says you're apostles. When I brought my uh, backpack out of my garage, I'm in this men's group and we 
you know, do physically hard things. And there was a 20, there's 20 pounds of bricks. And as I store my backpack, because sometimes we'll go out and do, you know, things with 20 pounds of bricks makes complete sense. I know. And so, uh, it was so heavy and I put it on my shoulder to carry it in my house and I could feel the weight of it. I could feel the weight. And I was reminded when Peter says, keep close to you the word that came through your apostles. For us as believers in this culture, we should carry heavily on our shoulders the weight of responsibility of the faithfulness of those who came before us. To be honest with you, if I might nudge you and maybe step on a few toes here, I think it's easy to forget that. I think it's easy to forget that we're living in our time. This is our shot. But those who came before us, it was their shot. And, they, and many of them did it well. And I believe that as, as Christians, as Christ followers in this generation, we cannot forget those who come before us. It concerns me that in our own history, we're wanting to cut out People who were fractured, but cut out chunks of our history. And as we're cutting out chunks of our history, there are times where we, even though men and women were flawed, we learn from the mistakes. We learn from how to do things better. We learn from the, but we learn from their sacrifice. And I'm afraid of a generation that will lose the value of the sacrifice of those who came before us. The same could be said for our spiritual lives. Our first child's name is in the room is Tyndale. The reason we named we call him Ty, we named him after William Tyndale who died, who was a martyr because he translated the Bible that you hold in your hands into English. Somebody paid for it. And that weight is on our shoulders. It's your turn now. It's your turn. If that doesn't mean anything to you in the past, it won't mean anything to you now. Our second child is named Wesley Taylor McCoy Taylor Hudson Taylor, the first guy to bring in the word of God to China. It's just our little way of saying, let's don't forget. Let's don't forget. Let's don't forget. In the book of Hebrews, in chapter 11, there is a list of those who came before us. I challenge you to read it once a month. Chapter 11, some of the A players, Moses, etc., uh, Abraham. But then you get to this list of who knows who. He begins in chapter 11 and verse 32. The writer says, oh, what more shall I say? Let me tell you who else is in our backpacks. I do not have time, he says, to talk about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions like David, uh, Daniel, who quenched the fury flames, the fury of the flames like his three comrades, escaped the edge of the sword, who weakness was turned to strength, who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies for God. Those are the people on our shoulders. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, refused to be released so that they may gain a better resurrection. 
Some of the people in our backpack who should be on the weight of our shoulders faced jeers and flogging while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned for God. They were sawed in two for God. They were put to death by the sword for God. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins and destitute and persecuted and mistreated so we would have a faith. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in the deserts for God. They wandered in the mountains for God and in caves and in holes in the ground. They were commended for their faith, yet none of them received in in their own runway what was promised. And we are the recipients of their great sacrifice. Peter saying, keep them close. Keep the valuable things in and don't let them drop the word of God and those Who brought it to us? Does that make sense? There are books. Fox's book of martyrs. uh, uh, Jesus freaks. There are books that are always laying on my desk at home. I constantly am reading because I don't want to forget how we got this in our hands. Can't forget. Keep the good things in. Here's another thing about backpacking that may be just as important. You've got to keep the bad things out. You go, to, you go to Nevada, 130 degrees, forgot your sunscreen, bad news. You've got to keep the, the bad rays out, right? You've got to have sunscreen. You've got to have bug repellent. If you're in Montana or somewhere like that, you've got to have uh, bear spray, right? You've got to keep the bad critters out. <laughs> you gotta, you know, and so we're living in a day and age where more things you have to keep out if you're going to be faithful on the trail. If you're not faithful, if if you allow these voices to come in and, and any kind of resistance to your faith, what will happen is it will soften the edges. It will begin to round out the edges. Peter goes to say this in the next verse, in verse 3. First of all, you must understand that in these last days, scoffers will come scoffing and following their own evil desires. You see, the question for us today is this, that I don't think if you're a Christ follower sitting in this room, that the majority of us will walk away from our faith, that I don't want to have anything to do with God anymore. Most of us won't. But what we will walk away from is our passion. We will walk away from that confidence, that passion that we had at first, like Peter said. With so many voices around us that are contrary to the gospel, the, the, the sense that the voice of, of, of the word of God is, getting, is shrinking in our culture, it is going to require of us a certain level of resistance and resilience Otherwise, we are going to walk off the path of our passion. Do you remember the story of Nehemiah? Nehemiah was given an assignment. It was an important assignment. And as he began to carry out that assignment, which was building the wall around Jerusalem, the, as he was given that assignment, there were scoffers. There were those that were like, you can't get this done. You're following God. This is, you're never going to be able to do it. You're not. And And what he could have done was he could have been reduced to say, this must not be important. Or like, man, it's so, oh, woe is me, become the victim. And I can't believe this is happening because that can happen as Christians. Oh, I can't believe they're not including us. I can't believe they're talking against us. 
and we got a little whisper voice. That's the voice of whisper. <laughs> and Peter writes, let me stimulate you. Don't allow your resistance to dim. Don't allow your resilience to grow weak and to get soft around the edges. Serve God, serve God, serve God with passion. The day is over, almost over. The day that our runway is short. And those before you serve with passion, don't lose your passion. So Nehemiah starts on the assignment. And here come the scoffers. Their names are Sanballat and Tobias. I mean, doesn't even Sanballat sound like a bad guy in the story? Sanballat. I know it's Father's Day. Did anyone name their son Sanballat? Just checking. Yes. Oh, guy in the back. Sorry. No, I'm just kidding. No, we know. And they said, we want to meet with you. We want to interrupt your assignment. Come meet with us, the scoffer said. Come meet with us. And he said, I'm not going down to meet with you because I know you're trying to trick me. You're trying to discourage me. You're trying to soften my passion. He writes in first person, the book of Nehemiah. He says in chapter 6, verse 2, you see, they were scheming to harm me. So I sent them an email, sent messengers to them with this reply. I am carrying on a great project. The assignment that God has given to you is a great assignment. Don't let anyone convince you otherwise. What God has you on task is a great task. What God has you for here is great purposes, not just small purposes. He says, I'm carrying on a great project and I cannot and will not go down to meet with you. Why should the work of God stop just because you're scoffing? Why should the work of God stop just because you keep pinging me over and over and over? You see, the resilience of Nehemiah was I'm on the path, the trail And I'm not giving up. That's what he's saying. I'm carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work of God stop? Why I leave the path, the trail, and go down to you. Four times they've sent me the same message. See, this is the scheme of the enemy. We'll just keep at it. We'll keep at it. We'll keep at it. We'll keep at it. Four times they sent me the message, and each time I gave them the same answer. I'm on a great assignment. You see, that is the stimulation that we're getting from the Word of God today. Don't let anybody weaken your passion. You know, our passion is a picture of God, because God's pretty passionate. And uh, I, I feel that as we, if we keep that passion, we keep the picture before God of what it is. And if we lose that passion, then we lose the picture of God. So let me, I've said this to some of you, but let me just, you know, bring it up again. I hate jigsaw puzzles for the life of me. You know, I hate losing my keys, don't you? I mean, like losing stuff. So after working, you know, a day, 10, 11 hours a day, you know, coming home, what I would love to do is take a cardboard picture and cut it up in 5,000 little pieces and find out where this one goes. 
Now that's real enjoyment for me. Like who would want to do that? I mean, how many of you guys like jigsaw puzzles? All right, awesome. Get out. <laughs> Something's wrong with you. I mean, truly, there's something, something, yeah. So I found this picture and I thought, now that is the way I could enjoy doing a jigsaw, a jigsaw puzzle. This is the way I'm going to do a jigsaw puzzle for the rest of my life. Here it is. Do <laughs> you get it? You know what I'm talking about? I love that man. I don't even know him. And and the the uh, you know the caption is finished it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. See, my greatest concern as a shepherd is that not people are going to say, I don't like God anymore if we're believers in Christ, is that we're going to take a shortcut on the picture, the picture of passion, and we're going to take an easy route. I challenge you to find one page in the scripture where it was easy. It's not supposed to be easy. It's not supposed to be easy in 130 degrees with a backpack on your back that weighs 30 pounds and it's and you're dry and you're thirsty. The stimulation is don't give up, even though the voice of opposition may grow. Let me say one word about the voice of opposition. The passion is not an us versus them. Be careful. As the times roll on, the voice of opposition grows higher. Never forget that God loves everybody. Our faith is not an us versus them. Our, our faith is we at times were scoffers too. I was. This whole, I, I can't move on and talking about, you know, the voice of scoffers and resilience and all that. Well, I'm saying, be, just a warning, be careful that we don't become haters of those that don't believe in Christ. Because I, 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 I scoffed at Christianity a lot. I mean, a lot. And I didn't like God. In fact, I, I, I just didn't like God. I didn't like religion. I didn't like church. I didn't like Bible. And I didn't like Christians. But somebody loved my scoffing voice enough to offer me the invitation of grace. Our resilience is not hate. Different story. Our resilience is keep on the trail, keep on the trail. Sam Ballance. God still loves Sam Ballance because they might give their heart to Christ. Okay. Last thing, quickly. We have a pack to keep the valuable things in. We have bear spray and, and sunscreen, all that to keep the bad things out. And I think it's important when we read Second uh, Peter chapter three, the next verse and four, we got to know where we're going. Watch this. Second Peter three four says they will say the scoffers. So where's this coming? Where's the second coming? I don't see Jesus coming back. That was the scoff. Where's the coming? He promised. I mean, ever since our Father's Day, everything seems to be going on. As it has since the beginning of creation, all looks the same. 1979, 1914, 
1837, 1620. Looks all the same. I mean, we're all living the life. We're all working. Looks all the same. You see the sky. I mean, where is he coming? When you think about GPS, a GPS, when you type in your address, so I'm going to 123 Main Street in, in Fort Myers, okay? What's the next thing it asks you? What's your, where are you coming from? What's your current location? You can't, it doesn't tell you where to go unless it knows where you're at. So we all know where we're going. We're going to spend eternity with Christ. But the message here is don't forget where you are. And where you are is a very short runway. This is your shot, your chance, your platform. This is your moment in history to stay on the path with passion and make a difference for Christ. Because just a few verses later, Peter says this, as you go hiking, don't forget this one thing. Don't forget this one thing, dear friends, with the, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. You see, Paul believed that Christ was coming back. It was imminent. And so did John Wesley. And so did Martin Luther. And so did Billy Graham. You see, they didn't, the second coming didn't come. The rapture didn't come in their lifetime, but they lived as if he were. That's where they were. They knew where they were going. Where are you today? I'll tell you where I'm at today. I'm acting like he's going to come in the next seven seconds. I'm going to live that way. Otherwise, you won't know where you're going if you don't know where you're at right now. You've heard the phrase Godspeed, right? Sometimes it's a greeting when a person's going on a trip. Godspeed. You know, most people probably know what it means. I don't even know what it means. But God, when I read a thousand, what is a thousand, a day is like a thousand years, a thousand years like a day. That's Godspeed. Godspeed. Just like that. Godspeed is the snap of a fingers. Want to see it again? Want to see it again? That's Godspeed. So fast. The word of encouragement to us today is this. Keep the things that are precious. Keep the word of God tight to you. And don't forget those who brought it to you with great sacrifice. Be resilient to the things that are not good. The mosquitoes and the bears as we still love them and understand that Christ may take his church out at any whisper. Thank you for joining us and special thanks for those of you who give generously to make this ministry possible. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can also subscribe or share it with your friends. For more information about 360 Church, visit us at the360church.com.